Hello, you are listening to Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids and we love coffee and puns. And we really love puns about coffee, <laughs> even though they mocha you crazy sometimes. No, no. <laughs> it never ends. So what's one thing that brought you joy this week? So our daughter's 14, right? She just yes. had her birthday. She's 14 now. Last night, right before she went up to bed, she said, Dad, can you wake me up in the middle of the night? We can watch cartoons together. Did you? I <laughs> did. I totally For did. real? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've been doing that since she was little. Whenever it works out, which is not that often, especially as, you know, she's getting older, you know, I'm getting older and need my sleep more. But I'm like, wow, she's 14 years old. She still wants to spend time with dad doing goofy things. I actually did the math. Get this. So she's in eighth grade, right? Halfway through the year. Mm -hmm. We have about 225 weeks left with our daughter, assuming she leaves after high school. Wow. I don't want to miss one week. So if she says, Dad, you want to wake up in the middle of the night and watch cartoons? Okay, so I woke up 15 minutes earlier than I usually do, which is the middle of the night to up. her. <laughs> woke up 15 extra minutes and just hurried up, got ready for work, and woke her up, and we watched one episode. And then she's like, okay, I'm ready for bed. Great. It was a wonderful time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm glad you did that. That, that brought me joy. Good. I, I slept right through it. You did? I no idea. <laughs> so what brought you joy? Well... I didn't know you were going to say that, but something that brought me joy this week was also just thinking about our daughter and reminiscing over the years because it was her birthday. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what you do. You look at all the old pictures and when she was little, there were about two years of her life that she wore a tutu, like a ballet tutu every single day. It was just like who she was and what she was into and she loved it and and she wore it till it fell apart and then Mm -hmm. she got a new one and then she wore that one (laughs) till it fell apart. And it was so sweet. It was so sweet. And now 14 and she wants to go to the trampoline park with her friends and they go on this balance beam and knock each other off with these giant like (laughs) foam beams. And... It's just so funny to see how much she's changed. You know, mm-hmm. now it's all basketball and sporty clothes and doing all these crazy flips at the trampoline park. And it's great. And I love it. I love that she's into whatever she's into. She's all into it. Yep. Nike shoes all over it. Yeah, exactly. She loves whatever she loves. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just excited to see her future and embrace whatever the next thing is for her. Hmm. What's something that's been hard for you this week? Something that's been hard. Uh, Sounds weird. I saw a mouse at the office today. Mm. Mm. So I saw this mouse and I told the engineer and he almost seemed personally offended. It's like, no, it's not a mouse. No, not been a mouse in here. 20 years. There's never been one mouse. You know, he was so upset. Okay. To his credit, like, I've never seen anything like it. The way he's designed, I work at a radio station, the way that he's designed the studios with all the wire, the forethought, the detail, I could see why he's getting upset. Yeah, there's a lot of wire there. And mice chew wire. So 
that's why he's upset. Why am I upset? I could I could dismiss it and say, oh, I'm nervous about the wires. No. Okay. I'm in my late 30s and mice make me squeamish. Can I say that? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. All those years of emptying traps. Wow. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it. Well, thank you for serving <laughs> our family that way. I never did enjoy that part of the, my role. But here's the thing. I, I have this friend who shared this quote with me years ago. He said, never fear in the dark what you know in the light. I think it was like never doubt in the dark what you know in the light. But still, like these things that I'm afraid of or don't like, man, it's just a mouse. So I'm going to put that, I'm going to write that quote down, put it on my desk tomorrow. Hmm. It's like, I don't have to be you know, looking over my shoulder or down under my desk all the time when I'm trying to do my work tomorrow. Right. I just don't want to share that box of cookies I have in my drawer with this mouse. Yeah, you need to clean that up. Get busy. <laughs> I will. <laughs> all right, something hard for you. You know, something that was hard for me today is it's just something that has a lot of gravity to it. Hmm. I was able to meet with a widow today, and she had been married to her husband for 44 years before he passed. Hmm. And it's just hard to have loved someone so well for 40 years and then say goodbye to them. You had been able to take a class mm -hmm. about grief. It's called Navigating Grief with Humor through the <laughs> University of Northwestern, Dr. Melissa Morick, and it was so good. She said, how long was this lady married? 44 years. 44 years. So an expected length of of time to grieve is like one there's this equation like one month for every year of the relationship of the person you lost is an expected amount of time to just be overwhelmed with grief yeah so, so like, that would be 44 months oof, would be four years a normal almost. you know grieving period for this woman yeah and she's about halfway through that at this point and i think she thinks that people think she should have moved on by now, that she should mm. be done grieving. And so in my conversation with her, she she kept apologizing for talking about her husband or, or showing me pictures. And I said, no, mm. I want to see your pictures. Yeah. Show me all the pictures. And they were amazing. I mean, these people got married in the 70s. He was a rock star and played in this rock band. And she would go. She was a teacher during the week. And then Friday night, she would go and watch her husband play in his rock band. And she <laughs> and her friends would dance all night long. And I loved it. I loved the stories. I loved the pictures that she shared. I loved entering into her memories with her. That was beautiful. Sometimes that grief that people are going through or we are going through is sort of awkward and, and maybe we don't know how do we handle this how do we talk about this it's it's the elephant in the room but like the elephant in the room everyone knows it's there so the person grieving knows that they're grieving they haven't forgotten mm. that they're grieving right and the friend also knows that the person is grieving. They haven't forgotten that because they're a friend and they care. 
it's better just to talk about it ask questions about the loved one mm -hmm. and share don't be afraid to share the stories about the loved one sometimes i think people hesitate to even ask because they they don't want it to be painful to talk about and maybe sometimes it is painful to talk about but i think more often than not it's healing to talk yeah. about yeah i'm sure we'll talk about this in future podcasts but we lost a son seven and a half years ago when people do ask us about our son it makes us feel honored that we get to talk about our son we want to please right. please ask everybody right. grieves differently yeah. so that's not a blanket statement for everybody who's grieving but for us and i know for for many others yeah ask ask about the loved one that they lost they might want to talk they might need to talk about them yeah, and they and you're not bringing up something that they don't know or right. that they've forgotten about. It's it's not that you ever forget that you lost right. your loved one. So, yeah, that's an encouragement too. I think going out of this hard thing is don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to ask questions or show the pictures or share the stories because it can be beautiful for for both parties involved. Mm-hmm. So what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind this week? Do you have a thought or a dream or a hope or a desire? Yeah. Friendship and marriage. That was kind of the theme of a uh, date night that we were on through our church. And one of the speakers was talking about friendship in marriage. And I couldn't help but think about the couple who own... I want to say this carefully. I'm not sure how to do that, so I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it, okay? Uh, the couple who owned this house before we bought it, uh, we learned the story afterwards. They've been married for 30, 40 years or whatever. Put all their attention into their kids. And when their kids grew up and moved out, moved on, they realized they didn't know each other anymore. They'd been putting all their energy into their kids and not into the relationship, husband and wife. And they didn't even know each other. They didn't know how to be married so they drifted apart and got a divorce and yeah i think that that's not uncommon right and i think even at our stage in marriage when we still do have kids i think it can be a fear yeah that i'm kind of scared about what happens when our kids move out will i right. still know you um, will we still get along? What 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 will we do with our time when we don't have yeah. to drive to our kids' activities all the time? Right. So here's here's the thing. When we heard that story, it really kind of, I don't want to say scared us, but it really sobered us up a little bit to how important it is to stay friends during your marriage. Like what can we do today to know each other more and enjoy each other more today and tomorrow and the next day. There was a there was a season of our life where every night we put the kids to bed when they were young, we'd play Ticket to Ride and you know oh, board games like yeah. that, Catan and and that was fun and that was good. Yes, stuff like that. We go on afternoon walks where we talk uninterrupted because the kids are at home doing their homework or whatever. Um yeah. That's important. Right. Or even just simple things like sharing. And if I'm going to do something, invite you along or invite you yeah. to to share into this experience. You know, I'd like a coffee. Would you like a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> or, okay, here's a challenge. Guys, 
Go to the mall with your wife. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Stand around the clearance section and look at all the things that you could buy for so cheap that you don't need. <laughs> yeah, I think it is important. So, yeah. Okay, so what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind? I've been thinking a lot about the life of David Brainerd. So he was a missionary to the Native Americans. I've been thinking about him in light of his personal diary. Did you read his diary? I'm reading <laughs> Are you? his diary. So this has been published after he passed. Yes. He was a missionary a long time ago. Yeah. Was it 1600s? He was a missionary in the 1700s. Oh, okay. So he had kept a diary and his friends kept urging him to publish it. And he said, no, absolutely not. But near the time of his death... He sort of consented when they kept on him mm -hmm. uh, about publishing his work. And he left his diary in the hands of Jonathan Edwards. Famous preacher. Right. He yep. said, I don't think this should be published, but I'm just going to leave it to you and you do with it whatever you think will bring the most glory to God. Hmm. And so Jonathan Edwards went ahead and edited and published David Brainerd's diary, which has actually turned out to be the most published work of Jonathan Edwards. Wow. So all this to say, I keep a diary of sorts. It's more of a prayer journal, I would say. And for a long time, I was hesitant to really even honestly journal my, my full prayer. Because I, I always felt like I had to hold something back. Like it was sort of like, well, what if somebody read this someday? You know, like what if my husband found it or my kids found it or my friends found it or my kids' friends found it or I die and then everybody finds it. And that was a fear. It was a real fear of mine that I couldn't honestly and openly journal my thoughts and my prayers because of that fear that someday somebody could read it. Mm -hmm. And so I remember the moment that that changed for me. I was reading this book called Habits of Grace by David Mathis, and he was talking about the importance of prayer journaling and just what a great tool and habit of grace that it could be. And he said, nobody's going to read your journal. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's interested. You are not that important. That's pretty much what he said. And I was like, you're right. Like, no, <laughs> nobody's going to read my journal. And so I just started openly and honestly journaling my thoughts and my prayers. Um, mm. And it's just a conversation between me and the Lord, but it's written down and I can easily look back and see where was I struggling? What have I asked for? You know, how has God answered these things? And so I love doing it. But it was that knowledge of that freedom, I guess, of, of saying, nobody's going to read this. So then I thought of David Brainerd, and he's probably living his whole life, nobody's going to read this. And then mm -hmm. right before he dies, after having this whole long legacy of, of a diary, now everyone is going to read it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for Forefront. We are Adam and Christina Hannon, and we look forward to talking with you more next week.